When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back by no one's demand but our own from our home office here in sunny, scenic, beautiful, quarantined Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. I'm very excited for today's pod. I'm very excited for a variety of reasons. This is Buck Rising, by the way. Hugely excited to be able to bring to you an interview that we have had many, many months in the making over the course of a long developing joke that I was not sure our guest interview would be in on. And then Titans corner Malcolm Butler joined the show in the most comedically perfect way possible that you will hear upcoming on today's 615 sessions. Malcolm Butler, I get him to answer the IR question, We have a great time talking about his career. It's one of the, honestly, it's one of the most enjoyable interviews that I've done with a professional athlete. Malcolm was great. We have all of that ahead. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic and Emily Proud are also going to join later in the episode. We will discuss the Titans' moves at quarterback, adding Trevor Simeon and jettisoning Cole McDonald, the seventh-round pick out of Hawaii. Only two padded practices into training camp. We spent some time on Jadavion Clowney, $15 million, or he'll sit out the season, according to Peter King on Wednesday's Midday 180 on 104.5 The Zone, that audio. And then we added some suggestions to Mike Vrabel's suggestion box that he claims he has sitting outside of his office on Stretch, his assistant's desk. Joe Rex wrote Emily Proud later in the pod, but without further ado... Let's get to the guest interview with Titans Corner, Malcolm Butler. I'm doing good, buddy. We're uh, we're just recording this, so if you're all uh, if you're all set to go, I'll get rolling. Uh, is this the guy everybody always say with his Malcolm coming out IR? Oh my God, Malcolm! Yes, this is one thousand percent that guy, and I'm so happy that you know about that joke because that's where I wanted to start, man. I'm like, what is they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, because you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here thinking about the. You know what? We'll go ahead and start the interview. This will be perfect, okay? Yes, sir. Okay, three, two, one. Back here, six, one, five sessions podcast. A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports, Nashville.com. Buck Rising, very happy to be joined by one Malcolm Butler, Titans cornerback. Buddy, this has been a long time in the making. I hope you're doing good. Yes, sir. I'm doing well. Excited to be back on the field. Yeah, no doubt. We're excited to see you guys back out on the field. I look forward to be able to catch my first practice coming up on Thursday. I, I, I need you to let the people in on how we started this conversation, Malcolm, because we... We started the recording. Dwight, uh, great, the, the great Dwight Spradlin of Titans PR puts you on the phone. What's the first thing that you said to me? Um, I said, is this the guy that uh, people always tweeting? Is Malcolm Bullough RR yet? So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to the right person. You're talking to the right you, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Malcolm, let me, let me set the scene. Because I'm, I'm prepping for the interview. I'm like, okay. You know, I probably shouldn't start off with the jokes with that because I, I have no idea how often you pay attention to Twitter or Instagram. Like, I'm imagining, especially with as public as your football life has been, I'm imagining that you don't read your mentions at all. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I don't go in that direction, but I am so happy to know that you are in on this joke as well. How how have you observed that? Are, are, like, are you enjoying watching me just getting blown up 
in the mentions on a regular basis? You tired of this already? No, no, I just, you know, I go check it here and there, and I just keep hearing people saying, hey, Buck, when his mouth is coming off, I are, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, they killing him, they killing him. Man, they, so, they stay killing uh, me, without question, they stay killing me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun, man, it's fun, you know, we all competitive, you want to know what's going on, but... Yeah, yeah, man. I pay attention sometimes. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I uh, and I appreciate you taking some time. I you you spoke to us on Zoom a couple. I think it was sometime last week when we had the opportunity to chat with you. And I know you've spoken publicly on this already, but you you have to be thrilled about where you are right now, given how things kind of got sidetracked last season. But I know, and your teammates know, and your coaches tell us constantly about just how competitive you are on the field and how excited you are to be back. Can you kind of relay for the people what the last five months of Malcolm Butler's life have been like? Um, well, you know, I've been just sitting at home, relaxing. You know, of course, I was sitting at home watching my teammates play. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of lost without playing football or whatever. And, you know, I had to show good character and show up and watch my teammates play because that's what, you know, good good teammates do. And, um, you know, it, it, it was tough, and, and it made me appreciate it, appreciate football even more. You know what I mean? I used to be out there complaining, talking about, uh, I don't want to do this, or, you know what I mean, it's too hot, why are we doing this today? And once that stuff gets taken away from you, you know what I mean, you start to, you know, you start to appreciate all those tough times and the good times. So, you know, it made me more hungrier. It made me more focused. Uh, it made me very determined and you know, it just made me not, you know, not settle for less. I'm doing everything I can to, you know, know, be perfect and do whatever my team asks me to do. And, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but, you know, I'm enjoying the grind, the ups and downs, you know. So, um, you know, I learned a lot over the, that period of time. But, you know, I'm excited to be back. And I know my teammates can tell and my coaches. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just very excited to still be a Tennessee Titan, man. No question. You, you've, Malcolm, you've had such a unique experience in, in your football career from, from such humble beginnings coming from West Alabama. You're a tryout player. You make the New England Patriots. All the success that you have there. One of the, one of the, the hero, I, and I know you probably don't, you know, you don't talk about yourself in these terms, but the hero on one of the most defining, memorable plays in Super Bowl history, and then you go to a another Super Bowl where it's one of the most public uh, public benchings, for lack of a better term, in uh, that I can remember in my football life. Just constant up and downs throughout the course of your career, and I've 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 really admired Malcolm how you've never allowed anybody to define you by those two specific moments because they're opposite ends of the spectrum and I remember reading the our, our buddy Cameron Wolf from ESPN when you allowed him to come down to Vicksburg with you when you first got to Tennessee the first line of that article on ESPN.com I'm looking at it in front of me it says Malcolm Butler tried to turn off the world and I I've I've just been I've just been so interested and how you've been able to manage all of that stuff, because that is not an easy position to be in. Well, um, you know, we like I said, we have our ups and downs, you know, uh, making one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history into, you know, not playing in, in the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's a big, it's a, it's a big, it's a big transfer. You know, it's, they very opposite. You of know, course. one's real good, one real's bad, and, uh, I just, you know, just got to stay strong, man, minded, man. It, 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 it tore me down for a little bit, had me lacking in confidence and stuff like that. But, you know, it can't, life like a stop sign, you know what I mean? It can't hold you for long. So, you know, I just keep my head down, keep working, you know, try to ignore the critics. You know, I'm my worst critic anyway. I put pressure on myself. Well, not pressure, you know, I got high standards. And then, you know, you know, you're hard on yourself and then you just got to block out those other critics and just keep going within yourself but uh, you just gotta stay level-headed and keep working you know I got here because of work not what nobody said or none of that so uh, just hard work being a good teammate being a good person you know got me to where I am now and 
Uh, just gotta keep fighting, man. Just keep fighting. You know, I'm a, I'm competitive. I don't end off the field, you know. But um, yeah, man, it's been tough, bro. And I'm so good. I'm proud of myself, also, but you know, for handling the things that been thrown my way. But um, you know, man, yeah, it was it's 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 a tough journey. But I'm so proud of um my response every time. Every time I get knocked down, I'm getting back up, and I most definitely be up this year. Uh, without and you should you should take tremendous pride in that i i i think people you know it's easy especially for fans and 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 gas bags like me right people who just yell at a microphone all day and and we we lack perspective sometimes but the 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 amount of adversity that one somebody in your position and very few people have been put in your position to be able to overcome those things each and every time i think is hugely impressive and your teammates and your coaches as we mentioned, continue to bring this up about you. Logan Ryan, when he was on the Titans, always spoke so glowingly of you as a teammate from both of your time together in New England and then Tennessee. Vrabel, we're talking of Vrabel on the Zoom call last week. He calls you a street rat, and I had to I had to take a second for uh, to, to uh, realize that that was a compliment uh, coming from a football coach and the way that you grind it out and you're feisty out there and you hold everybody accountable on the football field because you know nobody nobody can give you the excuse well this is really hard I'm, I'm trying I'm going through some stuff right now you've been on the other side of almost every situation that could be possibly imagined in pro football yes sir I you know I try to spread some of the knowledge to Fulton you know a couple of rookies we got in here you know anybody you know what I mean you got to embrace the, the grind and come out here and compete if you don't love the game I don't think it's going to love you back. And, um, yeah, man, you just got to come here and grind, man. It's a competitive sport. It's a tough job, tough business we in. But at the same time, uh, somebody got to get the job done, and that's what we're here for. No doubt. So I, I don't want to keep you too long because I know you've got a busy schedule and you're just coming off the practice field. But I guess just, just some of your impressions so far, Malcolm, of the – of of Christian Fulton, of of Chris Jackson, some of the young guys in your group. How have you felt that? How have you felt the work has been through these first couple of padded practices in camp? Um, I think it's been pretty good. You know, um, just got to go out there and focus more and try to execute the calls. You know, being in the right place, right time, doing what you're supposed to do. And um, you know, you know those guys guys are rookie rookies and. I'm pretty sure they think they're ready to play, just like I was. But you know, it takes a little time, and it, it takes uh, it takes experience too. Not saying they can't get the job done, but it's a lot of things that you missing um, when you're coming straight out of college. You know, the game's faster, you're covering faster wide receivers. You know, they playing with your with your brain, and not with your you know your physical ability all the time. So. Um, but yeah, you gotta keep coming in working. Uh, just like I told Chris Fulton, you know what I mean. I was in New England, and they drafted a guy seven rounds. You know, I, I, I outplayed him, and you know they cut him. And you know, I, I got his jersey number when he left. But um, that's just an example of you know what I mean. Don't get complacent. Come in here, and work hard, grind. And you know, I think Chris went first, second round, so. He, I don't think he had anything to worry about, but, you know, I'm still trying to show him the example of hard work and earning with, with everything you get. So the announcement came out today from the Nashville mayor's office and from the Titans president that you guys are going to open up at Nissan Stadium on September 20th against the Jags without fans allowed to be in attendance. Uh, have are you have you been I'm sure you've been made aware of of this by now because this story broke uh, really not that long ago a couple hours ago how 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 are you reacting what was your initial reaction to hearing that well you you the first one telling me this but okay uh, we had we had conversations about it earlier so yeah I guess we going I guess we'll be having a live scrimmage so. We'll hear our calls and things like that. It'll be weird, but you know what I mean. We gotta get the job done. The fans will be at home supporting us, so we just gonna we just gotta go out there and play, get the job done, and win. That's it. Yeah, uh, regardless of regardless of who is around you, you're gonna be on the football field on September 20th, and we will see how all that bears out. I I guess though, 
I, because I, you know, I have no idea what game day is going to look like from my perspective, Malcolm. And all I got to do is show up, go into the press box, and watch and watch football. It's the best job in the world. I love my job. It's fantastic to be able to get paid to do things like that. But I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, no preseason. Don't know what game day is going to look like. No fans in the stand. Don't know what game day is going to look like. I have. I, I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this question. How how have you are you able to get what you need out of training camp without any any kind of I mean I know there's a run up with these with this month of training camp practices but we're we're all going to be dropped into this situation in Denver uh, in less than a month with really no really no dress rehearsal for anybody. Well, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be a lot of things going on that we won't expect, but. Um, like I'm just a football player, and you know I gotta go out there and cover the wide receivers, knock balls down, catch them, and make tackles, and you know execute my assignments. And whoever in control of everything goes, I'm gonna let them do their job. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's for smart, much smarter people than me, Malcolm. It's far above my pay grade, man. I you know I've been having to do a sports talk show for for five months without any actual sports. I'm just happy to see you guys back out there and be able to talk to you again. So we have something to give the people. Malcolm Butler, you can follow him on the socials at MacBZ on Instagram and on Twitter. Buddy, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the pod. I appreciate your patience with how, what the people are doing uh, on social media with the IR running joke. And, uh, and thanks for, yes, yes, thanks for yes, taking the time. Yes, yes, I'm off IR. <laughs> yeah, can, here, here. For, so, so we can put it, can, can we put it to bed right now, Malcolm Butler? I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to be super professional journalist right here and now. Malcolm Butler, cornerback for the Tennessee Titans. Are you off IR? Yes, sir, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be put to bed, Malcolm. It's done. Thanks for hopping on the pod, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, man. Here, 615 Sessions podcast, professional as always, here on A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Emily Proud, WKRN sports anchor from a closet somewhere, an undisclosed location. It's not human trafficking. She's okay. Everything is all right. She's claiming that it's a, ho- a pod hostage situation, but at this point, she is okay physically, mentally, or otherwise. Joe Rexroad is also here from The Athletic. Rex Road, for some reason, looks... I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's making me somewhat uncomfortable, both of you. What the hell is this podcast today? What? What do you mean? Can I have a nice smile on my face? Yeah, but you just... Nice haircut? Well, the haircut is a ma- wi- wildly improved uh, based on the last few appearances that you've made on this podcast, looking hugely disheveled. Um, but I don't know. Something about your, your smile is very pervy. I think that's where it starts, and the fact that we, we're in your bedroom. Like, I'm just kind of I'm, – I'm a little disoriented by all of it, if I'm being completely honest. All right. I'll, I mean, I, should I look angry? Is that less pervy? <laughs> no, I'm going to make fun of you either way. It's just, you know, it's just how it goes. How are you, Em? I'm, I'm all right. The fire alarm has uh, been going off in my apartment complex for the last – 45 minutes they're testing it today so i knew this was happening just didn't know it was going to be happening right as we decided to record this podcast so i'm just hanging out in the closet but it's got to be good for sound right i mean hopefully i sound all right you sound Um, like you're in a bottle (laughs) like i'm in a bottle oh that's what i was going for but that's what i've got i think that's the airpods but we will disregard the issues that we are all experiencing because we're here together it's a great podcast we have many things to discuss it's already been a great podcast because we finally got Malcolm Butler on the pod. That was a huge, or I'm sure it will be a huge success when that airs. We're going to talk about the cutting of quarterbacks. Cole McDonald is gone. Trevor Simeon is in off of a workout that he was a part of, I believe, on Monday. Uh, Clowney is saying that he wants at least $15 million this season or he will not play in 2020, which is an entirely different conversation. Uh, Emily has said that she wants to brag to Joe Rexroad about the fact that she called the Khalif Raymond shot over a year ago, I believe, and now we find ourselves with a uh, a hotly contested debate 
about Khalif Raymond as the fourth Titans wide receiver. And then we have suggestions per Mike Vrabel's, uh, per Mike Vrabel's offering for us to make suggestions to his suggestion box. We have all brought suggestions for Mike Vrabel's suggestion box. So uh, let's start with the quarterback. Did they waste a seventh round pick on Cole McDonald this year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seventh, seventh round picks often don't work out, but yeah, they absolutely wasted that. I mean, how much of it's, it's not surprising to me guys that they went out and signed someone, I guess just the fact that they've seen like a couple days of Cole McDonald running them through tackling drills and that's enough. Like, yeah, get them out of here. I know the zoom calls must not have gone well. That's all I can think of. Right. Yeah, it's got to be something not on the field. I think that's the most confusing part to me is what do you think you're going to get out of a seventh round quarterback? You're not, your expectation should be lowered as is. He's clearly a project. You're not drafting him to come in and start. And from what we've seen, it looks like the the throwing motion has gotten better. Clearly he's not throwing to the right team enough or, you know, what happens after he releases the ball is, is suspect. But he's a project, and that's what they expected. I just didn't. I just didn't think that they would give up on him this quickly. I thought that they saw something in him that maybe they could work with and get better. And so for them to kind of quit this quickly is is a little surprising. But yeah, it's got to be something else going on, you know. Well, he had to have done. Not saying that he did something bad necessarily, but it's got to be more than what just we've seen on the practice field. Breaking news: Emily Proud alleging uh, nefarious activity on the behalf of Cole McDonald. <laughs> Cause okay. I mean, you you said it, not me. This is your problem, closet girl, not me. Uh, what did you I, do, Cole? What did you do? What did you do? What have you done? The Zoom, like a the bad Zoom. off the field thing. I just I think the Zoom meeting is is a an interesting place to start with. I think that maybe no, no, there's no. something that behind the scenes that that we didn't see because it seems very quick. No, stop this. If Zoom meetings mattered, matter, they would have fired Vic Beasley weeks ago. At this point, like uh, I don't I don't know that it's that. I don't know that they're taking it as seriously as we are. Like, I know that a seventh-round pick is a kind of a throwaway, but you need depth this year. The reason why people are upset, you need depth this year more than any other year, and you shuff, you, you, you sent away the sixth-round pick for Casey, fine. People are already bothered about that. You have the money that you're not spending at this point, but it allows you the flexibility to go out and sign Trevor Simeon or uh, a quarterback uh, that maybe they had looked at. They also worked out Deshaun Kaiser. Um, as was reported by the NFL Network. But it's just they don't seem to treat those picks or those transactions, be it Luke Falk, who they spent a sixth-round pick on, only for him to be cut, practice squatted, and then scooped by the Dolphins, which was their week one opponent heading into the 2018 season. And then with Cole McDonald, it's just kind of like a, like, a, like a fart in the wind. They don't really seem to care about these low-round draft picks, even if it is at a hugely position position of importance um, and one that they need depth at this year because Logan Woodside apparently doesn't look much better than Cole McDonald did out there. You know, another thing with this is I would not be surprised, guys, if McDonald ends up back on their practice squad, I guess. 16-man practice squad this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no one's picking them up for their active roster. But it's also like if you're going to do that, then wouldn't you like to have him get more reps here in the next few weeks? I understand you're now you have to do something with that roster spot if you add mm-hmm. Simeon. I don't know. I mean, I guess then you're then you're cutting out one of those other guys who are here for depth, who are competing for spots, but it just it just reads to me like, yeah, actually this guy is just no, no. Sorry, Cole. And like like you pointed out, Emily, I mean the hitch that we saw, the hitchy little throw or throwing motion we saw on film from his Hawaii days looked like it was cleaned up quite a bit. So at least he did some work on that. You you can disregard those Zoom calls, Buck, but all these offseason awards are based on like, oh, Richard Davis was amazing in the Zoom calls. His Zoom game was tip-top. What else are you going on, you know? I love Eric Bacharach. If Eric Bacharach asks one more time about the virtual <laughs> offseason awards – and now I know it's done, and the offseason is almost <laughs> over, and we're into training camp. I don't care. It happened three separate times. I'm very, very upset with him, and he has not been on the podcast to defend himself, but it's an indictment of everything that Eric Bacharach has done throughout his entire career that he continues to ask about the virtual offseason awards. I was so angry <laughs> every time. <laughs> I would love you, Eric. I'm, I'm, but, yeah, Vrabel's like, very... I agree. Oh, yeah, you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> 
Joe, your bedroom Wi-Fi sucks. You're ruining the podcast. <laughs> You've absolutely ruined the podcast. Just stop. That was me? Yes, that was you. It wasn't us. Me and Emily are sitting here having a conversation while you're making a, fa making a face like, uh, like you were surprised or something. Shit, what did I miss? <laughs> it was like five seconds. <laughs> Nothing. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Okay. Freezing. Keep it moving. All right. All right. I was just I was going to say that I am I am pro uh taking a shot on a quarterback late in the draft. I mean, you never know if you're gonna end up with, you know, a Kurt Warner or a Tom Brady or anything. So I'm cool with that. I just I'm very surprised that John Robinson is willing to admit a mistake this quickly. And especially in a year where we would understand if you had to do some roster shuffling to keep four quarterbacks. I know the Saints have four quarterbacks on, on their uh, current practice squad roster, especially in this, in this year where there's so much up in the air, it can't hurt to have an extra quarterback. And I know that the rosters in general are smaller, and so you have to deal with that as well. But um, I, I think you're right, Buck. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the practice squad, possibly. I don't think he's done as a Titan quite yeah. yet. And we've talked to Mike about this before. Vrabel said that they always knew that he was a developmental prospect at the time that they took him. They, the expectations were always going to be that for Cole McDonald. But like Trevor Simeon and Mike Herndon from Broadway Sports put out a really good list of current NFL backup quarterbacks to kind of compare Simeon and Woodside to. Because at this point, I think Simeon has, has been an NFL starter in several different moments in several different places, varying degrees of success. And the last time that we saw him was with the terrible, stinky New York Jets. And then he snapped his ankle and that was, you know, then the Luke Falk reemergence. It all comes full circle. It comes back to Luke Falk at the end of the day. Uh, but so the list of current backup NFL quarterbacks that we can hold Trevor Simeon against. Uh, Buffalo has Matt Barkley. You have Tua in Miami, which is not necessarily a backup, but at this point, you know, you, you kind of understand the placement. Jared Stidham, Joe Flacco, RG3, Ryan Finley, Case Keenum, Mason Rudolph, A.J. McCarron, Jacoby Brissett, Mike Glennon, Jeff Driscoll, Kellen Moore, Marcus Mariota, Justin Herbert, Andy Dalton, uh, Colt McCoy, Jalen Hurts, Alex Smith, Nick Foles, Chase Daniels still out here getting jobs. So all of those guys, I mean – nobody's really got a good backup quarterback. Like everybody's looking for a good backup quarterback. Those guys don't really exist in any other spot. Joe Flacco's a former Super Bowl MVP, but outside of that, I mean, everything Joe Flacco has gotten precipitously worse. Do we think even with the injuries that what they have in Simeon represents an upgrade over Logan Woodside? 100%. Yeah. I mean, he has, he has starting experience, and I saw multiple people tweeting out his stats when he was a starter, and that's fine, but you're not having him come in and, and be a starter. And the Titans had the dream last year with their backup quarterback situation, and it's not going to be like that every single year. But I think we've talked about this before. I, I was frustrated in that they saw how important a backup quarterback is last year, and it, seeming, it seemed like they were not taking it as seriously this year with just saying, we love Logan, we're good to go, we got Woodside, we're fine. So I'm glad that they brought a guy that has been an NFL starter, that has played in multiple games. But other than, yeah, Flacco and, and maybe Andy Dalton, I think is a good backup situation too down yeah. in, in Dallas. You're not always going to have that. So when you list all the backup quarterbacks, you feel like Trevor Simeon falls kind of in the middle there. And again, you want him there just to be a backup. And I feel better about him lucking into more wins than I do about Logan Woodside based on what we've seen out of him the last couple of days of training camp, but, and as last year too, I mean, he's not new to the Titans. Very few people can do that job well in the world. So we, we see that with the list of backup quarterbacks. I do think this, I have two questions, but I do think this, I mean, Logan Woodside, and I have no idea where he's going to go, but he is going this way in his career. Trevor Simeon's going this way. Question is, do they meet? Is it a real competition? That's such a bad thing for you to do in an audio, mostly <laughs> audio platform. Joe, Joe Rex Road is trying to direct. For those of you watching on YouTube, very effective tool from the luxury of Joe Rex Road's bedroom. But for those listening on the podcast, <laughs> Trevor Simeon trending downwards for those of you yes. listening at home. Logan Woodside in Joe Rex Road humble. Uh, the, the wordsmith Joe Rex Road, his humble opinion, Logan Woodside trending up, although I don't know why you would think that. If you're, well, he's, well, he's coming up from, up. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, of course he's coming up, Buck. Come on, man. Why, just because he's not on, on practice squad injured reserve? That's the only reason? 
I believe so. If he's the number two quarterback with an NFL team, then that means progress. Now, if you're going to make me film myself in my bedroom, and by the way, my Wi-Fi, I've got three kids. I've got three kids in school. Everybody's on the Wi-Fi. My wife's on me. So you got to give me a little bit of a break there. Um, I'm going to give you some visual aids. So, yes, I do think that Logan Woodside has potential. I think they like his potential a lot. I think he's done a lot to impress people in that building. And obviously he has system familiarity. Trevor Simeon, I agree with you, Emily. I mean, the guy that started in the NFL, there's instantly, a, I think, a feeling where, okay, if you had to throw one of them in right now and Tannehill got hurt, who do you feel could manage a game and maybe give you a chance? you got to feel better about Simeon right now. I do wonder if this will be a competition. And then if, if Simeon wins, as we would expect, do the Titans feel good enough about Woodside to give him one of those 53 spots? Or is it just, thank you, Logan, we liked you a lot, bye. It's a tough thing, right? I mean, like, go, I, I look at this and I think, you know, I think this gives them what, the, what, they, what they want. You know, Emily said she's surprised that John pulled the plug so quickly on Cole McDonald, but, you know, that's kind of a ha- John Robinson hallmark. Like, the dude is pretty willing and pretty decisive when he spots a mistake or spots an inadequacy to try to correct it, whether it's Kevin Dodd, whether it's, you know, trying to work through the Richard Matthews thing. And then when that doesn't work out, you pull the plug. Ryan Suckup is probably the greatest indictment against John Robinson based on what it could have cost them uh, in terms of home playoff games or better positioning in the AFC playoff picture last year, but he he does a good job at identifying weaknesses and trying to correct them, even when those weaknesses were decisions that he made, like that were direct results of John Robinson's decision. I think at the end of the day, it gives you ultimately what you want, and that's a better backup quarterback battle. Like it's it's better, that room is better now without Cole McDonald and with Trevor Simeon and Logan Woodside than it was before. And I think that, you know, if you're going to uh, – if you're going to piece by piece or day by day, whatever you want to call it, look to upgrade your roster, well, then they've done that. They've done exactly what they said that they do. They reevaluated the roster. They said the one guy doesn't look that good. Get him out of here. Let's bring two other guys to work out, and we'll sign one of them that looks better. Yeah, I mean, is anybody in this Zoom call right now thinking that it's a bad idea to sign Trevor Simeon? I think we all kind of agree that no. that was necessary. Yeah, 1,000. So, yeah, they're better. You want to be better. They are better. What? <laughs> you know, I wanted Blake Bortles, too. I hear Blake Bortles a really good interview. Like, I would love to talk to Blake Bortles. I don't know how to be on a football field. What, what, what's Teron call him? Teron has the best nickname for Blake Bortles, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, oh, it's going to drive me crazy. This is terrible audio after I've just made fun. Oh, the double agent. The double agent, Blake Bortles, throwing interceptions, throwing touchdown passes to both the teams <laughs> on the field, out there working it. Uh, so, yes, we have new blood in the Titans quarterback room. He has system familiarity based on the concepts that they run. It's going to be a run-heavy system. He comes from a Gary Kubiak scheme, outside zone. These are the same kind of things that you look for. And Deshaun Kaiser is one of the worst quarterbacks that I've ever seen play professional football. And that may be the fault of the Browns, but, you know, just just awful. Anyway, Clowney, all, speaking of awful, speaking of terrible decision-making, um, Jadavion Clowney's still out there. Jadavion Clowney uh, refuses to move very far off his price point. The Titans are losing interest based on reports. And then you have Peter King come on the midday 180 today with our friend, uh, well, maybe not Rexworth's friend, but our friend Kaharski and the crew, and say that he has heard that if Clowney does not get at least $15 million to play in 2020, that there is a good chance he will sit out. I don't even like what is your first reaction, Joe, when you hear that? Because I don't even know how to process what it is that Peter King is saying. It had like it's taking my it's taking me a couple minutes to gather my thoughts on the situation, whether it's just outright stupid or whether he's he may be justified in this decision making. No, it's it's idiotic and I don't believe it for one second. <laughs> it's completely stupid. So basically, hey guys. I'm going to sit and not get any money and I'll come back a year older. And then you'll have the same questions about whether I'm healthy and whether, uh, you know, I can improve on my three sack season in Seattle. Sounds good. I'm really going to help myself there. No, I mean, like Jadavion Clown is not going to take 12 million to play football this year. 
he, if he thinks he's worth 20, well, then he's got to prove it. I promise you he's not getting any closer by sitting here and not getting money this year. You know how short NFL careers are? You have to get money when you can get money. And he can get a lot this year. That's completely moronic, and it'll change. He'll, he'll end up playing for someone for a lower price than that. You know how much shorter NFL careers get when you have an injury history, which he already has. I just don't understand his mindset and him thinking he has all this bargaining power where he can ask for that much. I mean, he's, he's got to wait for somebody to go down and get super desperate before that even seems reasonable. And I know a lot of guys get signed during – training camp and, and it's a, a normal part that happens but it's just I, I don't I don't know where he says okay this is what I have to offer these are all the things and he compares it to what teams have who are already in training camp right now already doing their thing I don't know why he thinks that his side of what he has to offer is is worth 15 million and no no lower than that I I, I don't know where his bargaining power is I mean he has the injury history I know it's just that he's good <laughs> what he offers on the field but there are a lot of you know red flags surrounding it and the fact that he's valuing himself this high I think is not going to work out well for him you can get a lot of dudes with similar production for half the price less than half the price Everson Griffin just signed for way less than 15 million dollars hell Everson Griffin got less than Cliff Averill and Cliff Averill is like 110 years old at this point, um, yeah. like it boils down to you want to pay $15 million or more for a run stopping defensive end. Cause that's how I'm looking at this dude. Like he's a, exceptional. Uh, he's an exceptional defender against the run. The, the disruption that he provides helps your other players along the defensive front, but how much disruption he himself is responsible. Like I've never, I've seen very rarely have I seen a player take over a game the way that I saw him play against the San Francisco 49ers at the end of the regular season. Mm -hmm. He was incredible. It's the best possible version of Jadavion Clowney that anybody could ever hope for. But you see it once a year. You see it twice a year, maybe. And it results in three sacks and a couple of pressures. And uh, really one of the lowest-rated pass rushes in the league last year. And you can accuse Pete Carroll and the Seattle defense of not using him correctly as just a straight-up defensive end coming off the edge and not using him the way that we know Mike Rabel would if he was a part of the Titans defense. Um, but like it for a lot of, for a lot of, I just, I don't know what he's, I don't get what, I don't get the logic. I, I don't understand what he's being told or if, and these guys have unbelievable belief in self uh, anyway, so maybe the ego is such that this is a first former uh, first a former first overall draft pick, and he thinks that based on what everybody else is getting paid, the least uh, amount of money that I should get is X. If Miles Garrett is making twenty five, then I should at least be able to get fifteen. And in a normal market, maybe that's true, but not now. Like the lacking of self awareness in all of it is just so so perplexing to me. And by all accounts, like he's work, he's in great physical condition based on the people that you talk to in Houston, um, interactions with him. Lance Zerline, I heard him on the NFL Network the other day talking about he does radio in Houston. He has had some interaction with Jadavion Clowney and talks to NFL executives regularly. People seem to be pretty receptive to Jadavion Clowney, the person, in a way that other years you may not have, the Bill O'Brien version of Jadavion Clowney that shipped him off to Seattle for a bag of beans. All of it just – like, I think there's a situation where this guy could sit out 2020. I really, th I think that's real because he just, for all the sense that it doesn't make, he continues to do it at six months at this point, six months of this crap. And it's gone down $5 million and guys are getting paid all around him. And I don't think he's going to budge. I really think that he could do it. Well, first of all, Emily had it exactly right on, you know, he's waiting for someone to be desperate. And uh, he's waiting an for someone to just absolutely need him, okay, first of all. And that may happen. But I, don't take him waiting right now as any sign he's going to sit. I, I, I mean, he was, he's going to sign Wednesday of game week, okay? I mean, he, he has no use for camp, and it's going to be late. But, like, there's no one in his life who could possibly say, you know what? Yeah. Maybe just sit out and make no money this year and be no, no, older Joe, next year. It's when not you the people in his life I'm worried about. It's him. It's, it's not the people well, okay, in his life but, I'm worried about. It's, that, it's the guy. 
He's not stupid. He's just – he's playing everyone right now. He's going to play. I just don't know where or for how much. But at some point, he will take a lower number if need be, and it'll probably be about 12, and he'll play. And that's just – I mean, that's mind-blowingly stupid if he doesn't play this year. And he's not mind-blowingly stupid. No matter what you may say, Buck. The behavior to this – your Wi-Fi stinks. Uh, your your beha- his behavior to this point. Uh, maybe I will not accuse him of being stupid, but is, it is the behavior of someone who is stupid. Like I will not directly call him stupid, but he's acting stupid, and that's enough for me to continue to continue to he's think. He's done nothing wrong. No, he's done nothing that is surprising or crazy. If he sits, yes, but he's not going to sit. He's no one. No one should buy, buy that at all. He's not sitting this year. Up till now, it's just a guy who doesn't want to do camp. Okay, who would? And a guy who's hoping for a situation when he'll get close to his price tag. And maybe that will happen too. Probably not. He's not going to sit out this year. End of story, Buck. I mean, I I don't even think that you can debate that it's a good idea to sit. You know, it's one of those deals where right now we can – debate whether or not is he worth 15 million is he doing the right things whatever we can have that debate it's just a a universal truth that that is not a good idea for his situation to sit out so I I agree you know how these NFL guys are with training camps it's not their favorite thing I'm pretty sure Melvin Ingram is doing some sit in uh because you have to show up for for training camp right now and it's just not if you're Vic Beasley I don't know Don't got to show up the camp if you're Vic Beasley. Just take the five hundred thousand fi- worth of fines and keep it on well, rolling, baby. He's not baby. getting fined right now. He's no. not getting fined right now. So that's he's costing him zero percent of that fifteen million dollars that he's not currently making. Indeed, that is the case. Uh, Rex Rhodes kissing Emily's ass at this point, agreeing with all of her opinions, and it is because he was proven wrong. Uh, he was proven wrong a year ago or thereabouts. Um, by Emily Proud in her assessment of the Titans wide receiver situation. Em, I am not, uh, I am not technically equipped to play back the audio, but if you would like to rub Rex Rhodes' nose in it, now is the time. You know, I'm, I'm going to be kind because he was the one that actually brought it up to oh, the so training camp. Lame. So <laughs> no, okay, so how, how the situation went down was we were sitting on your creepy, gigantic black couch in your furnitureless <laughs> house. Box. It's not a creepy couch. There's nothing creepy about my couch. Weird. It's like, it's, where did it come from? Uh, from, I'm not sure where it came from, but it was a hundred bucks. It's a very nice couch. Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much. That is an incredibly comfortable couch. What's weird about that couch? Put me in this smile on that couch. Creepsville, baby. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that smile inherently <laughs> makes – like, I'm offended at this point. I love that couch. It is a good couch, but you didn't even have a fridge. And so this was, this was in the early – I'm just trying to set the scene of this was in the early stages Well, you're setting your podcast. Okay. <laughs> Bob, just get to the conversation. Okay, plain and simple. I said I really like Khalif Raymond. I think he can get the roster spot over Taewon Taylor, but we have Team Taylor down uh, with uh, Joe Rex Road, and I ended up – being correct, but I haven't seen Khalif Raymond in a while, so I'm getting, I'm, I'm sweating in my boots right now. Maybe it's time to call Taewon back, or Mason Kinsey. Re- He's my guy oh, this year. No. He's my Khalif this year. No, Barry College all day. Hey, let me recreate it for you, Buck. Oh well, yeah, Taewon will make the team. All right, come on, Khalif Raymond, come on. It's, it's, come on, let's. You know that was basically that. That would be the audio if you found it from last year. That was my recreation of the audio. Uh, yeah. And, and I probably I, said something like, oh, I don't know. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, you, you were nicer to me than you should have been. Well, it's that. Because you were the one that brought this up. I completely forgot about it. You came up to me and you said, hey, remember that time we did the podcast and you were totally right? You should rub that in my face. I didn't even think about it. So thank you for bringing that up. Well, that was the least memorable of the right. conversation. I'm sorry. The least memorable of the conversations had on the uh on that podcast as we spent the majority you should just of time. cut cut all this the last like five minutes out and go do your homework go find that clip and play it over i can't play it over us i'm not technically equipped them like there's only so much that i can do here i can't even get rex Rhodes wi-fi right was that the poop podcast <laughs> that was the poop podcast <laughs> that's the room that's it was the least memorable part of the conversation and because it was you know a, this guy that barely made the roster as a wide receiver, so it wasn't there. You know, although we spent this entire time debating backup quarterbacks, Joe Rexford's on the move right now. Why are you so moving like around? Like that's going to help your connection. 
because I'm going to where there's better Wi-Fi. This side of the house is better. So I'm just, just bear with me. Bear, bear with me. <laughs> We're getting a tour of the Rex Road home to see if he has a creepy couch, apparently like mine. I'm so upset with you about Hold this. On. Sorry. Unnecessary shot at my couch. It looks much Look at this kid with his headset. Oh, look at, hey, bro. Look at my on, buddy. <laughs> he gets out of school. What's he doing? want to play video games. That's what they all should do at that age, 1,000%. Uh, so we've hit the 10 minute warning as Rex Road has finally gained a position where his visual is clear and he's not backlit in his creepy bedroom, um, which I think is a much creepier aesthetic than my couch was. But, you know, these are conversations for another day. That was indeed the poop podcast. Emily Proud was proven correct. Actually, neither of them made the week one roster. We're going to be technical about it. Khalif Raymond got cut and then came back. So if we're going to if we're going to keep a keep score here, neither Taewon Taylor or Khalif Raymond was on that roster to start Week One. But Emily Proud, who caught that. an amazing touchdown pass against the Ravens in the playoffs this year, uh, was it Taewon Taylor with the Browns? I don't remember that. Is he? He's not in the league right now. He's out, right? No, no. I remember seeing him Week One, That's but he didn't question. draft for that oh. game. Actually. Yeah, he was not active for that game. It's uh, the, the downward spiral of Taewon Taylor. Life comes at you fast. All right. Speaking of life coming at you nice fast, we, nice have hit, we have hit the 10-minute warning, and it is time to submit, uh, submit suggestions to Mike Vrabel's suggestion box. So I heard Joe Rexrode pissed him off on the media availability the other day. Professional journalist Joe Rexrode. Uh, Rex, what was, the, what was the professional writer? What was the genesis of your irritation? Okay, so you weren't on this call? No, I was taping the Malcolm Butler interview, with it, which I felt to be of greater importance. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was pretty solid. Uh, Emily, you were on this call? I was, yeah. Okay, so first of all, we should all be banding together in Nashville and having all kinds of fun at Jared Stillman's expense okay. because he, he has signed up for Cameo. Buck, Buck we, we've texted about this. It's a, it's a hilarious development. It's infuriating. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what Cameo is, celebrities tape like birthday messages or motivational messages, whatever, whatever you want. You pay I'll put an Antonio tape. Brown Cameo video in this post-production. Like it's going to – like the, the, right. the audio is incredible enough even if you don't have the visual. And Jared Stillman is by no means a celebrity. Like there is no shittier celebrity than that of local sports talk professional. I know. Right, so we so we had Jared on on one hundred two five the morning show, and um, and I was interrogating him about how he got on here, and of course he wasn't he wasn't totally forthcoming because then we found out he got on cameo because a college buddy of his is the one who reached out. Like I don't know, was it like a sympathy? Like eh, maybe Jared will feel better about himself if we tell him he's a celebrity and put him on cameo. I don't know, I don't know what the deal is, but it's hilarious that he's on cameo. So Vrabel on the call is. He, everyone's doubling up on questions because basically you get one, right? So all the media people are like, okay, I got two for you. Mike got two. <clears throat> so I actually wasn't going to ask Vrabel a question, but I put in the chat because I've been messing around in the chat the whole time, like making fun of people, making fun of myself. <laughs> for being we didn't think Vrabel could beauty. see it. Oh, yeah, I have my, no idea. Can Vrabel see it? Oh, uh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, so you haven't – yeah. So, so I put on the chat for us to have fun. Like I got three questions for Mike Vrabel, and it was like, do you know what Cameo is? Would you like a Cameo birthday wish? And do you have a celebrity in mind for your birthday wish, right? No and then, like, way. Kaharski's like, oh, I'd pay one penny for that. And Stillman gets in and then, like, blah, 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 I'm a celebrity, whatever. Um, and it's going back and forth. And then at the end, Ray was like, Joe, would you like to, you know, would you like to ask me a Cameo question? I was like, oh, my God, he reads the chat stuff. He can read the chat. That's terrifying. Yeah. I know I've done <laughs> – we thought, oh, yeah. it was, we thought that it was just like Robbie that was in charge of making sure that that our questions were uh, attended to. We didn't think that he could. Right. Yeah, no, that's not the first time we've messed around in the chat. That yeah, is, we mess around the chat all the time. That is so great. That is such an excellent development. So now that we've set the scene and Vrabel has uh, given you uh, a verbal tongue lashing, what suggestion, Joe Rexrode, would you place in the suggestion box on, on Stretch's desk, the assistant to the head coach, what would you suggest for Mike Vrabel to put into practice? Well, first of all, to finish that real quick, so I'm in the, my kitchen for this presser. So my wife and daughter are, like, listening to this, and they're like, damn, like, you just got 
smoked. And Carl, I didn't have a good answer. I was just like, would you like to say something about it? And he's like, no. <laughs> so that is that, but that leads to my suggestion. This is my suggestion that I'm, I have two, a, a lesser one, which is to always wear the white mask thing because he looks like the abominable snowman when he does that out there with the white jacket. He looks really imposing mm -hmm. and kind of freaky. And so wear the white, not the blue. But my main suggestion is to get rid of the Belichick, okay? Because this was an example for Mike Vrabel, who we know is hilarious, who everybody in that building knows is hilarious, to – tee off on Stillman and have some fun with us, but there's still this, like, we must be serious talking about football that I swear is just, like, because he was with Belichick for all those years, so he tries to keep himself at this, like, non-committal football coach, coach speak stuff, when in reality, if he would just let himself go, he'd be the funniest dude in the league. So get rid of the Belichick. That's my suggestion. What do you got, him? Yeah, I mean, we've known him to say some things about his lower half that uh, <laughs> was talked about quite a bit in the media. We know he has funny things. We know he's capable of saying hilarious things. I, I didn't know. think I you'd go with a penis joke that. right out of the gate. Like, that's not where I thought you'd end up. Well, that was one of the most interesting things Mike Brable's ever said on the record, and, and everyone ran with it, and it was wonderful. So I don't know why he doesn't say that stuff with us, but I don't know what his relationship is like with Stillman. I feel like if it was one of those deals where we're making fun of, like, Paul Kaharski, he would have wanted to jump in and be a part of it but yeah. no my suggestion is my suggestion is very simple and I'm going to demonstrate it to you guys but I'm going to talk through it because it's an audio uh podcast that we're doing here so Mike Rabel likes to do his press conferences like this and for us <laughs> like this being you can only see the top of my head this right is now such a TV I'm very far away complaint. this is nowhere close Guys, this is all we get right now. This is the only content that we have is what we get from these Zoom calls. They've done a wonderful job with the players. They put a nice background behind them. They set up the screen, so all they have to do is show up. They sound great. They look great. It's wonderful. But when you allow these coaches to do it in their own offices and nobody says anything, they just they think that it's audio. I mean, the other day it was um, Arthur Smith was, like, right up in front of the camera, and he was just talking like this because he thought that he was just communicating with us, didn't realize, like, this is video. This is what we need. We couldn't run any of the Arthur Smith stuff because all of our graphics would cut him right off in the middle of the face and you couldn't see him. And Mike Vrabel, I swear, it gets worse every single day. I think he's doing it on purpose. I have put in the chat before, but it's not read. <laughs> Mike Vrabel, can you please put – I don't have a question, but can you, somebody ask him to put his screen down? So maybe he saw that and still ignored me. But it's, it's just such a frustration that I'm having because at this time – that's all we have to do our job, and it's very, very frustrating when it looks so bad and is almost unusable. And Shane Bowen was the same way too. I'm pretty sure he was asked in the press conference a couple of days ago if they could, if he could move his camera, and he just moved it slightly and didn't really do anything, and then just kept going. I mean, these are football guys; they don't care. So somebody's got to tell them. This, this so that's from the, my complaint. This from the woman who is in a closet whose audio sounds like she's speaking into a water bottle. Like, what Am we... I framed well? No. <laughs> Visually. Visually, I don't know yes. what I sound like. On, on my end, I think I sound great. I mean, there's no echo. It's wonderful, but I All apologize right, if I sound less great. Less than a minute remaining before we got to land the plane. So I will say that my one suggestion is to allow Mike Vrabel to decide who gets into the Zoom call. I think that we should let Mike make the cut for who is allowed to ask questions. I think that eliminates a lot of the uh, a lot of the complaints that we are currently doing in the Zoom chat. That apparently, Mike Vrabel has been reading, but I think that it should be like it should be like Survivor. Who gets to make the cut this week? It would create uh, great strife among the media, which is always fun for us, and it would uh, it would be a little more engaging than what we presently have where we're just sitting all, you know, half of us not wearing pants, I won't say who, um, when we do these Zoom calls and just sitting there waiting for Mike Brable to call us by name. Yeah, it's me not wearing pants. Or Rex Road because he's in his bedroom. Door. I was going to say Rex Road. I mean, we've only seen the upper half and it's, it's great. It's great. <laughs> and it, as his Zoom immediately freezes, that's fine. That's We'll land the plane there. Emily Proud of WKRN, Joe Rex Road of The Athletic, who's shaking his head now that he's unfrozen. Well worth your subscription there at theathletic.com, at Emily underscore proud, at Joe Rex Road. What, Rex? This was the penis pod.
by the way. <laughs> and I'm real quick, if if he did that, would Stillman make the cut? Maybe only if Stillman gives him a free cameo message. <laughs> we kind of have a similar situation going on with who's allowed at practice. It's not a free for all these days, so it's like when you send out the wedding invites right. and then you got to go back through and make the final cut. This is how Titans media availability <laughs> should be. Joe Rexroad, Emily Proud, thank you for your time. All right, that's going to do it for today's show in terms of the interview sessions that we have had. Shouts to Malcolm Butler, Joe Rexroad, and Emily Proud for a very, very enjoyable edition of the podcast. We're going to put a bow on this thing as we always do, or as we will moving forward on the Thursday episode with some of the submissions that you have sent in for the iTunes review mailbag here on the 615 Sessions podcast. Remember that you can get your questions answered, if you so choose, by leaving a five-star rating in the Apple Podcast review section. You can write whatever you want. I'll read it on the air. I'll answer your questions. I will be self-deprecating if the message is uh, is insulting to me in any way. We will take, we will roll with the punches as they come. Or if you want to make fun of the Tighten Up podcast, because we like to do that as well, we can do all of those things with five stars left in the iTunes review mailbag. We start first with a question from Justin Kelly on the iTunes review mailbag. He leaves five stars and he asks a question about the Titans' backup quarterback situation that has been addressed. So we know now that Deshaun Kaiser and Trevor Simeon both worked out for the Titans earlier this week and that they ultimately opted to sign Trevor Simeon. So what Justin asks is any chance that Cap, Colin Kaepernick he means, shows up for a workout? Well, here's the thing with Colin Kaepernick, because this is a situation that's going to continue to come up as long as backup quarterback jobs exist. You are looking for somebody who is going to help your offense as seamlessly as possible be dropped into the middle of a COVID-19 season. Kaepernick, as many years as he has been removed from the league, and again, as I reported, the Titans were one of 11 teams to show up at his workout in Atlanta, even after all the things devolved at the the facility he was supposed to hold the initial workout, and he ended up having to move it from a private workout in front of NFL teams to a public workout at a high school football field. Colin Kaepernick has been intriguing to the Tennessee Titans, but at this point, they need scheme familiarity. They need as much continuity as they can get. They need upgraded quarterback play, which I, you know, as, as, as long as Cap has been removed from the league, I still think he may represent an upgrade over Logan, Logan Woodside, but it's been a long enough time where that can be called into question. So what Trevor Simeon has does represent some of those things. He's not the best option, but he's the best of bad options that are available out there. So for in order for Kaepernick to show up for a workout, he would have to be invited. And at this point, the Tennessee Titans have not yet invited him to a workout. We have a question from Lincoln Woods Kids who writes, how is Khalif Raymond looking compared to the other receivers at Titans training camp? I'll say this about Khalif. He looks to be firmly entrenched in that fourth wide receiver role. Now, we haven't seen him for a couple days out there on the practice field, but when he is available to the Titans, his route running looks crisp. Whether those days were were legislated as maintenance days, we do not yet know, but we have seen Khalif Raymond display the ability to play the fourth wide receiver role for this Titans offense. I think he's firmly entrenched ahead of Cam Batson, so assuming that health remains the same, Khalif Raymond will continue to progress up the depth chart. That is this week's iTunes Review Mailbag here on the 615 Sessions podcast. Remember, you can get any question answered that you would like with a five-star rating in the reviews on Apple Podcast or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network and the 615 Sessions in the A to Z Sports Podcast. I'm going to get out of here. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We will look forward to talking to you on the next edition of the 615 Sessions, which comes your way on Tuesday. We had a lot of fun doing today's show. We have a lot more fun conversations up ahead. In the meantime, I need you, as always, to stay safe, stay clean, and to stay hot. 
Nashville. This has been the 615 Sessions Podcast, brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville. Dot com.